The latest episode of Star Trek Strange New Worlds Under the Cloak of War is a look at the emotional consequences of war. When Klingon Ambassador Dakra, known as the Butcher of Jagal, boards the ship claiming he's on a mission of peace, it stirs up strong emotions from the crew, many of whom are suffering from PTSD from the Federation Klingon War. It's a dramatic episode with a message at its heart, reminiscent of some of the best episodes of the original series. I had a chance to chat with its director, Jeff Bird, about some of the more striking moments and themes. I'm T. Rick Jones, and this is your Daily Star Trek News. Hey, Rick. Hey, Jeff. How are you? Good, good, good. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Thanks for joining me today. I really appreciate it. You got um, it. Everybody has their own sort of point of view uh, as far as the Cleon Ra is concerned. Yes. Um, and and they range from anger to acceptance to all different things. And everybody's got their thing, which is fantastic. It's really great writing. But what I want to ask you is, how how did you approach this with each actor? Did you go into it with each actor saying, okay, this is how you feel? Or what was the discussion there? Yeah, I mean, you bring up a, a really good point, a really good uh, question. So with each actor, first of all, the you know, Davey, let me give, I'm gonna give a shout out and props to Davey Perez who wrote the script. He was amazing, um, an incredible writer. And um, that was a template of what, you know, of what we wanted this episode to be. But the beauty of it is a lot of the actors did their own research. So they would, you know, pull stuff up, Babs, Jazz, Bush, um, you know, Mr. Wisdom. Uh, Melissa, everybody would pull stuff up and they would send me videos. They'd be like, well, Jeff, you know, what about this? And, you know, I, I, I discovered this on this website about PTSD. And I discovered this, you know, about war and triage and, you know, what they do and, and I would, and I did my own, I was doing my own research. So I sucked it up like a sponge and I compared it to my research. And I was like, okay, yeah, it's that. But then also let me send you this video and take a look at this thing. And we can probably incorporate the two together. And then we got on set, we were really able to play. The beauty of it is it's such a standalone episode, a sandwich between the, you know, the real life cartoon episode. And obviously now next, next week will be the musical that Dermot did. And you were able to, you know, be like the one episode that's going to be like, Ooh, that sticks out like a sore thumb. It's like, oh my goodness, and we got to pay attention to that, and we were able to forget that. The beauty of that, you know, beauty of it is, you know, when Chris Fisher was a, you know, PD on the show, producer director on the show, it was like, no, everything is its own standalone. So don't worry about, you know, trying to set up the musical, and don't worry about trying to come in from the, you know, the crossover episode. It's your own thing. So we were able to, we were very excited about being able to fully, you know, own a war episode. And, and and also you know the, the you know the, the 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 results of war and also a deceptive episode about deception about you know is he is Ra is Ra really reformed is he not reformed it, you know and then when you caught him in a lie when he's been caught in a lie about you know killing his people which he didn't do what does he do then why did he use why did he even decide to do that lie he wanted to get in good with Starfleet and you know you know be enamored so that he can go around and do the speaking tour. But in my heart of hearts, I think he's really trying to promote peace. But, you know, he doesn't, the only way he knows how is to lie about it. Sure. And, sure. and that, that's the sad. But the actors, to answer your question though, the actors were all in. They were 100% all in and they did the research and they were able to really 
pull from different things so that they could be a different version of themselves for this episode. Half the episode, maybe a little bit less, is basically a war drama. I mean, you yeah. go back in time and take a look at the war. Did you reference uh, any actual war footage or any war movies? Um, oh, oh definitely. Yeah. Definitely war footage. I mean, that's what we were sending to each other. Um, the actors and myself, we were sending to, in war footage to each other. But then we also referenced, like, you know, Platoon, you know, Apocalypse Now, um, Hamburger Hill, um, things like that, just to just to kind of create some familiarity for the audience who, you know, who have seen, you know, these war movies and we were raised on, some of us were raised on war films. And that way we created some sense of a familiarity, but even though we're in, you know, another universe, in another galaxy, and, you know, people are beaming in and beaming out, but once they get beamed in, we're dealing with their wounds and how to save their life, and you know, the triage scenario that people do in, you know, in, in forward areas in the war, in the war zone. You have to figure out who you're going to save and who you can't save and be okay. You have to be okay with going, no, get that one out of here. We can't save her. And then, you know, and knowing full well, when you have somebody green like Nurse Chapel who came in and then Bang is like, you know, okay, I see how green she is. You know what we'll do? Let's put that person in the transport. You know, because at that point in time, she wasn't ready to accept the fact that we got to let him go. So, and, and those moments, a lot of those moments came directly from, you know, uh, um, documentary footage from wars and also, you know, from the, from the, you know, footage of, you know, watching certain films. You know, like Full Metal Jacket, you know, that was that was big. And also the scene in um, Saving Private Ryan uh, where, you know, Vin Diesel's character gets killed and he's laid out there and they're trying to, you know, the sniper is going, you yeah, know, yeah. no, can't go out there because the sniper is waiting for somebody else to come out so they can kill that person too. So, you know, some of that, some of that was in, in this film. Some of that, some of the sentiments and the emotion was in this, was in this episode, which I call a film because it's a standalone it it basically is a, like a short film, you know, it's it's really it's beautiful. Uh, there are a couple of uh, specific moments I want to call out and talk to you about. Uh, one is during the dinner scene um, where Mbenga is placid appearing, but then you just focus on his fist clenching and uh, you see Ra in the background sort of blurred out. I thought that was so cool. Um, Thank you. And, and the other moment was uh, the most shocking moment in the episode when he stabs Ra. Um, you don't see it. You see, you see sort of shadows, and you know what's going on, and you see Ra go down. But it's all shot through, you know, blurred through this window pane. Across the glass, yeah. Yeah. So how uh, did that come directly from the script? Did that come from your own mind? Uh, how you know those those particular shots? I thought were two of the best shots in the film. So, how did that come about? Well, it's so funny you picked up on that. So the hand and and the gripping and stuff was definitely not in the script. And um, you know, I mean, Davy obviously wrote um, the the energy that led to that. But I remember doing a rehearsal, and I remember watching rehearsal, and I saw Bab's hand doing this thing over there, and I was like, I gotta get a shot of that. And he wasn't even thinking about it. He was just so in the character. He wasn't thinking. And I never even told him that we were shooting that shot. He never, he never knew the camera was on him, on his hand in that moment. I just had B camera. I, I told B camera, like, yeah. give me a shot right here. Because the B camera was like, I got nothing. I said, like, yeah, you do. Come over here. And then be right here. 
And so we put the camera because the, the A camera was up shooting somebody else talking at the time in that direction. I think it was shooting the uh, rock. And then I had the camera come and just shoot that the hand grabbing there because it just it grabbed me when I was watching the takes and I would watch Babs, the human, the, the actor that is Babs, you know, get in character and grab the, the arm of the chair. And as far as the end scene, with the end, we we shot that three different kinds of ways. So there's a version that you see what happens inside the 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 um frosted glass. But then yeah. I was thinking on set, I was like, you know what? I was like, I should do a version where we're outside of the room. And 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 I remember that was literally my idea because it wasn't in the script. And I remember dropping, you know, dropping back to that because I was watching on the monitor. And I was watching outside of the room. We couldn't be inside the room. So I was outside of the room. And when the glass went, I was like, you know what? I should have cameras drop back out here and do do this version. You know, and I remember trying to get everybody together. No, no, I want to do a version where we're outside the room. And we see, and, and all the glass goes frosted and we don't see what happens. And and that's what we did. And I guess that's the one that the EPs chose to put in there. Because I wanted to make sure they had enough choices. To, sure. to do all the things because, you know, we all put so much work into this. I wanted them to be able to, you know, affect the audience the way we, we knew we wanted to affect the audience and immerse them in. This was an immersion episode. That's why it felt claustrophobic. And that's why it had so many close-ups. I wanted to make sure that was done on purpose by me to make sure it was, it, every day it felt tense. There was tension in every single, in every single moment of, of, of you know, of the show, of that episode. And all the way up until the end. And also, I wanted to leave, you know, and this was also Dave, we wanted to leave question marks in the minds of, you know, the audience of, well, do we still love these characters now that we know something heinous went on behind those frosted glass? And, you know, do we love Mbenga? Do we love, do we love Nurse Chapel as much anymore? And since she's kind of an accomplice now, and, you know, how are we, how are we gonna feel going forward? And then now it's gonna be like, okay, musical. So, <laughs> fall back in love with them in the musical because in this one it's kind of like, ooh, ooh, what happened? What they do? What did, was it self defense? Was it, what, what 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 went on in there? Was it a whole did, did, with malice? Was it like ah, you know that whole thing? There are a couple of really humorous moments, not like funny, funny, but there are a couple of humorous moments to sort of break the tension. Yes, uh, how do you find the balance between the action and the drama and those little humorous moments and, and make it all sort of feel like a cohesive story. Well, you know, it, it, otherwise, uh, that's a good question because otherwise it would have been just been constantly pounding of just heavy drama. And so we wanted to make sure we lightened it up a little bit, but not too light, not like big belly laughs. And that was one thing too, I was, I was afraid. Cause there were some moments in there where David wrote that was literally like a belly laugh moment. And I remember we had to take one out because it was just too far out of where we were. Yeah. And and Davey's really good with that. The writer, Davey Perez, he's really good with that. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, Jeff, you know, you might be right. Maybe we need to pull back on that because it shouldn't be as funny as this. But it should be at least giggle funny. Like, okay, let's do a little giggle here. And the way I always like to craft that is to be able to, you know, give people a break. But they're also still going to know. And when I talk to the actors about it, I don't want them to get too relaxed when they have a funny moment or when they deliver a line that's going to elicit a giggle. I don't think it should be like, uh, ah, like I know I'm saying something funny in that moment. It should just kind of be a surprising, you know, thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, it should still speak to we're still in a tense 
moment here. We're still we're still dealing with the fact that this being is on our shit. And yeah, we may be able to get a little laugh here, you know, around some drinks or maybe, you know, but and when this is over, we gotta take a deep breath and go back out into, you know, the hallway, into into, you know, the passageway there and deal with the fact that I might run into him. Or now I gotta go spar with him tomorrow. Or I got, you know, all those those different things still happen in there. So I like to keep uh, an intense and a very dramatic episode and emotionally, you know, heavy episode is this. I like to keep anything, anything kind of light and funny. I like to keep at a medium, not at a, not at a 100. I keep it nice at a nice 50. And that way people get a chance to take a break. They take a breather, sit back for a minute and like, okay, I don't need to lean forward every second of this episode. I can, okay. Sure. Regroup. Yeah. Um, there's a scene there where Ra and uh, Mbenga are sparring. Um, you brought it up. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and it, that's not the first time in TV or movies that I've seen an episode or of a film where emotion comes out um, while they're sparring. And you learn a lot about the characters and their feelings toward each other and such. What is it about that kind of a, you know, fist fight scene that brings out brings out that those emotions in, in those characters. Um, well, I'm glad you brought. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. For for me, especially in this episode, and the beauty of it is, it it wasn't. I'm gonna I'm gonna um, disagree with you for one little quick beat. It wasn't a fist fight, so it was really more like the judo, but on which it was on purpose. Just so you just you know, in regards to so you bring it up at the end because you know Mbenga brings that fist up which was literally like not the purpose, which I'm glad you caught on to that because that's not something that should have happened within the confines of the fight they were having. Sure. The fight they were having was kind of like a judo grappling thing, mm -hmm. which was written by Davey on purpose because then that implies, you know, extended touch, extended grabbing and touch, which for Mbenga, you know, creates tension because he's being touched by the butcher of Jagao. He's being grabbed by the butcher of Jagal. So every time, and I, and I remember when I was directing that scene, I wanted to, I brought that to Mr. Rizzo and made sure he knew, hey, you're being touched by the butcher, you're being grabbed by the butcher of Jagal. So in between takes, I'm like, the butcher of Jagal just grabbed you. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm saying, Mr. Rizzo, I say, you're the butcher of Jagal and you're grabbing. You're grabbing it. And but he's like, I'm not the butcher yet, but to him, you are. But you are trying to grab him to say, hey, it's kind of like when you, you know, shake a child, you're doing the wrong thing. You know, you're, you grab him and say, hey, I'm I'm not who you think I am. Whereas with Babs, it's like you're being grabbed by the Butcher of Jagal. With Mbenga, it's like, you know, the Butcher of Jagal is touching you. The Butcher of Jagal is, 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 is maneuvering you. And each time we did it, it ramped up in that way. And it was just a slight whisper. It was like, you know, the Butcher of Jagal has got his hands on you right now. And it was those little moments that then would ramp it up for the next take and the next take and the next take. And for Mr. Wisdom, it was like, Ra is, look, you're trying to shake some sense into it. Ra wants him to know, hey, I'm not a bad guy. I want to put my hands, I want my energy to come from me into you, like accept me, you know, you know, let me be, let me help me, help me help the rest of the universe, the rest of the galaxy. And we can stop some of this bad stuff that's happening between, you know, Klingons and every other race around the universe. So that was his, that was the goal until we got to the end of the fight where literally like I am going to go outside of the confines of this fight and punch you in the face because I can't stand you touching me anymore. Yeah. And that was kind of like, you know, the overall conversation that we were having in between takes 
and how he came to that. And the beauty of Babs is, you know, if you know anything about Babs, you know he's a martial artist. He's a, literally a walking weapon. And he take he could do that punch move and stop it like an inch from your face. I thought that was incredible. Each time he did it, like I a couple of takes, I thought he was gonna punch him, but he was like, nope. He was just always knew when to stop it, and and he would be moving almost at full speed with his punch scenario, and boom, stop it right there, right before his face. Boom, each time, it was amazing. That takes incredible control. Incredible. Well, Jeff Bird, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been a delight. I've really enjoyed talking to you. If you want to learn more about the tumultuous relationship between the Federation and the Klingons, check out my essay, Trekrospective, The Evolution of Federation-Klingon Relations in Star Trek, at www.dailystartreknews.com. And if you want to ensure we continue to make content like this, why not support us on Patreon? Your donation not only helps us afford the hosting fees for our website and podcast, but also helps us to pay our writers. Even a donation of as little as a dollar a month helps to keep us running. Head over to www.patreon.com slash daily star trek news to help us out.